From St. Pete to Brandon, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good morning. It is Wednesday at six minutes after five, and it's the Jack and James show this morning. Hello. We've got it all for you from the fructuous to the frivolous. We've got you covered. Uh, One thing we're going to be talking about uh, joining us in the next hour is our tech expert, Daniel James Scott. And I want him to explain this, which is a great thing for Tampa, apparently, a coin flip, a uh, leading, well, I'll have to read this because I'm not familiar with cryptocurrency that much, but they say it's a leading fintech company powered by cryptocurrency and they announced yesterday the official opening of a first of its kind crypto experience center which will open to the public uh today september 14th and the company also welcomes employees into its innovation center a new engineering hub and second corporate office Located down in Sparkman Wharf in Tampa, but it's, they're calling it a prime destination for people to explore the world of cryptocurrency. And customers can make appointments and talk with crypto guides to get support for completing transactions. And on top of that, I think I saw somewhere they're going to hire about 400 people as well. But, um, Mayor Jane Castor uh, was in a ribbon-cutting ceremony yesterday with this place, opening up this place. But it's uh, apparently a huge step forward for Tampa. I mean, aside from 40 new jobs that are going to be produced by this company. But this company is the number one fastest-growing one in Chicago, it has been for two years, had a revenue of nearly a hundred million last year, and it's ranked within the top hundred on the Inc. 5,000 two years in a row. And they've expanded to over 4,000 ATMs across 46 states or 49 states. Um, and I mean, this is just something I'm not very familiar with, but CoinFlip's second location will be here, um, building on the Chicago flagship and providing additional opportunities to attract top talent, they say. But maybe um, Daniel James Scott can explain how it's going to benefit you and me when this place opens, because I still know nothing about cryptocurrency. How about you, James? I know a little bit about the concept of it. Pretty much, it's money that doesn't exist physically, but just digitally. But how do you use, if you want to pay with cryptocurrency? So if I want to pay you, Jack, uh, pretty much, I would have to convert my U.S. dollar into digital currency using an online website. There's a lot of different exchanges online. Uh, so I could convert it into Bitcoin, for example. Then I send you a code uh, 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 part on the blockchain, pretty much, and then that code arrives in your wallet, and then you have that money. And then you can convert it back to the U.S. dollar. Hmm. 
But with Bitcoin, it's kind of like a stock, though, because the value of a Bitcoin is always changing. Well, anyway, we'll hear from Daniel James yeah. Scott about the new company and the second in the country. This is a pretty good thing. I think uh, Mayor Castro was right about that, that this is pretty big event for the city of Tampa, big financial event. Yeah, exciting. It's 10 after 5 on AM Tampa Bay, and Chris Trinkman will be along here in just a few minutes. Right now, it's John Thomas in our traffic. Quick takes. Ripping through the biggest news stories of the day in record time. Providing you all you need to know. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And at 15 after 5, down the hall here from the newsroom is Chris Trinkman. And what's happening this morning, Chris? Good morning, Jack. Queen Elizabeth II is departing Buckingham Palace for the final time today. A procession begins just before 9.30 a.m. our time. It'll take the late monarch's coffin to Westminster Hall. And huge crowds are expected to descend on London for both the procession and the Queen's lying in state. Mourners will be able to start paying respects at about 5 p.m. local time. And they say bring comfortable shoes because you're going to need them with a long wait. Mm, yeah. I've been to Westminster Hall before. That's a very impressive place. And yeah. there's some great ones that are buried there. And Queen Elizabeth is going to be joining them. But I understand there are some protesters out there. I, I guess they were against the crown or I'm not sure what. I can't imagine they were protesting Queen Elizabeth. Well, in recent times, Jack, there's been a backlash to the imperial history of the british empire yeah and you know some of the things that happened over that pretty long period of time where they had uh, colonized much of the world and i think that because she as the monarch was the symbol of the uh, british empire uh, it's not so much maybe her personally but just the uh, the whole idea of the monarchy and and what it all represents in british history and she visited here that one time and McDill Air Force Base and uh, General Schwarzkopf and his wife Brenda and then Dick Corbett and apparently visited his farm up in uh, Jefferson County. Yeah. Because she's very much into horses and that's what his farm is all about. But tried to get him on the air, but I haven't been able to. And don't have his new number. (laughs) I guess you'd say we've had an up and down relationship with the British monarchy. Things weren't very good in the Revolutionary War. Oh, not at all. <laughs> with King George. So, you know, we uh, we pretty much denounced the whole thing back then. And, and over the years, we uh, came to be much closer to Great Britain. And I think with Queen Elizabeth, uh, things were about as good as they get. Uh, nobody yep. really disliked Queen Elizabeth. And so, uh, your, you know, her visits here were uh, extremely well-received. And Obviously, most of the American presidents during her time as the monarch met her at one point in time. I think the only one who didn't was Lyndon Johnson, Yep. who uh, apparently turned down an invitation to go over there. Um, Yep. So he didn't didn't meet her, but all the others did. Uh, Harry Truman, uh, interestingly enough, met uh, Princess Elizabeth. He didn't meet her as queen, but he met her before she was coronated in the 1950s when he was president. Yeah, I remember as a kid seeing the parade following her coronation on tv i mean it was a little round tv set but philco you could see it yeah either that or motorola or something like that philco or or rca or something yeah well you know that 
event, Jack, was one of the first times people around the world got to see such an event. You know, a coronation of a monarch, you know, that's that's for the elite people. Uh, you know, here on uh, modern technology, she became the uh, media queen of the uh, modern age because people got to see her every move. Yeah. And it started with uh, the coronation in 1953, and then it just went on from every every time she traveled and made it a public appearance. She became known for those pastel colors and her hats and her handbags and everything else. Uh, so she became a fashion uh, icon in some ways. Uh, and that was really a new event when you think about it, as far as yeah. a, a world leader being followed in the media everywhere they went. So they say goodbye starting today. It's a, she'll lie in state for several days. I think it's a four-day thing, and they're predicting some of the wait times could be 24 hours or more. Yeah, in Westminster. That's right. So a Pinellas County man is dead after a gator attack. Hmm. The medical examiner's office announced that the cause of death for Sean McGinnis of Largo, uh, he drowned after swimming in a uh, park at John S. Taylor Park. He was there in a lake looking for discs that he could sell to disc golf players. So I guess these are people who were playing uh, Frisbee golf, and the Frisbee goes into the water. Yeah. So he was out there trying to find those things and died after being attacked by a gator. His body uh, was missing both of his arms and part of his left leg. Oh, man. What a horrible way to go. just makes you think that if you think of those lakes out there all over the Bay Area and in Florida, you think, hmm, that looks really good. I think I should go in there. Yeah, there are a Maybe lot of not. places where you see signs. <laughs> Watch out for gators. I mean, we go jogging in these wooded areas sometimes around the state. Yeah. And they've got signs. Look out for the alligators. And that's become a big problem now. We've had seemingly more deaths recently as a result of gator attacks. I don't know if it's because the gators are angrier or there's just more people going in the water. That could be. It's and hot. Of course, you know? Florida's growing, yet people from up north that aren't aware of the danger. Yeah. I mean, Florida's lakes are not the same as the ones you see up in, say, Michigan or Wisconsin yeah. or something. They are much more dangerous because they have things like alligators. They have the amoebas in the in the really warm times of the year. There are other things that can uh, can kill you. And so it's uh, it's a different uh, experience down here. Although, you know, Jack, they still have races. I mean, I, they have uh, the swimming races, triathlons, things like that. But a lot of those lakes are, are some of the larger ones that are spring-fed, less like swamps and more like actual lakes. Yeah. And uh, that sort of helps with the, uh, you know, the danger of the gators. But it's always a threat. Uh, I've been told by the wildlife people that, you know, if you ever see a body of water, there's a gator in there somewhere. Good possibility there is. That's right. And we we have one time, I remember going, uh, where were we? We were somewhere, I think we were here in St. Pete, down in South St. Pete at that park, and on a walking path, a jogging yeah. path, and there was a gator out in the middle of it. <laughs> we had to go way around. Oh, yeah. To get away from Well, they walk across streets. I mean, they go wherever they please. Yeah, they sure do. But it's when they get close to people that they become dangerous, and uh, that's when they usually get taken away by the trappers. So a new poll says Americans moving on from coronavirus. A research uh, paper out from Axios says that more Americans are working and getting out of their homes, even though COVID cases did increase at the beginning of the summer. But most people say that... uh, they are over it. 
Although yeah. I'm not sure COVID is over us, but we may be over it. Well, we had our first monkeypox death in America. I, I didn't read where it was, but I saw that headline, the yeah. first monkeypox death in America, and I'm thinking, we've had enough of this. Please, please, yeah. let's get back to normal. Absolutely. You know, it was so disruptive, and, you know, we're talking about several years now yeah. of dealing with this. And, and, you know, it's still not gone. I mean, COVID is definitely still out there. Yeah, but, it uh, is. But a lot of the uh, companies that had restrictions, like cruise ships, lifting a lot of those rules as people have become vaccinated and it's uh, less of a threat to people's lives. Definitely so. Chris will have more coming up here in eight minutes at the bottom of the hour. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Jack. It's 522. Time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. On air and online at WFLANews.com. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And now we present Real or Fake Headlines with Jack Harris. <laughs> Jack, are you ready? Like a quiz show. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right, so all you have to do is guess whether these headlines are real or fake, and if you're listening in your car or at home, you can play along, too. All right, first headline, neighbor tapes dog poo to the wall in a threat to the owner. Uh, sounds sounds real. You are correct. That is a real headline. <laughs> all right, man who went to school with King Charles kept clippings of his hair for 50 years. I think I saw that, or maybe not, but I'll say it's true. You are correct. <laughs> awesome job so far, Jack. All right, fitness influencer on social media says she initiates sex when her husband is tired, which means, you know, then she doesn't have to do it. Oh, you couldn't make that up. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> All right, next headline, an 82-year-old grandmother won a demolition derby in Nevada for uh, while driving a station, uh, station wagon. A demolition derby in a station wagon? Correct. Uh, well, you couldn't make that one up, I wouldn't think. Uh-oh, I blew it. It is a fake headline. <laughs> it is definitely a fake headline. And uh, for the last one, we'll do a world record for longest toenails was broken by an Arkansas man. The longest toenails? Hmm. Well, I'll, I'll believe it. You are uh, incorrect. It, it's definitely a fake headline. Well, I got three to two. <laughs> Not bad, though, Jack. <laughs> it's 529 on AM Tampa Bay. Keeping you up on what's trending. Here's the AM Tampa Bay trendsetter, Katie Bacino. Well, Katie isn't here today, so... Our trend setting will be done by James Berland. Yeah, and I've got not so great news, Jack. The news is the country is getting dumber. <laughs> Do you believe that? So, a new poll from the University of Pennsylvania's Annenberg Public Policy Center shows that after two years of improvement, Americans' knowledge of basic facts about our government has gone down. Only hmm. 47% of Americans can name all three branches of the government. Oh, you're kidding. Do you want to take a swing at it? Can you name all three branches? Good Lord, yeah, you learned that in grade school. <laughs> I, I know. Sometimes I forgot, but then, you know, it, it, it kind of gets embedded in your head. 
Yeah, judicial, legislative, and executive. Exactly. See, you've got it down. Now, that's down from fifty per, uh, 56% last year, which is incredible. Like, it, is, it, is it because people coming across the border are being pulled? So anyway, also, 25% of people actually couldn't name any branch of government, an increase of 20% from last year. Oh, my Lord. Oh, oh and, and, and regarding the, uh, the, the five freedoms, 63% of people correctly named freedom of speech, uh, which was down from 74. So they didn't even know that freedom of speech was a freedom mm. that we had. So that's one of the top stories trending. Also, Chick-fil-A, we love Chick-fil-A. I love their spicy chicken sandwiches. Uh, they just added four new items to the menu. They have the chorizo cheddar egg bites, which are currently being tested uh, here in Florida around uh, and also uh, among some other states. It's pretty much a four snack-sized bites made from eggs, sausage, Monterey Jack and Cheddar cheese blend, and it's a limited-time test. So you could uh, go out and grab one. Also, a uh, grilled spicy deluxe sandwich. Autumn Spice Milkshake, of course, you know, going into the fall, got to have that. And also an upgraded grilled chicken nuggets. So they're like kind of like premium chicken nuggets. Well, uh, the reason kids can't name any of these, they say Florida schools are not required to incorporate the 9-11 curriculum in classrooms. Only, well, we'll get around to that. We're running out of time here. But What's happening that they're not teaching kids about 9-11? What happened with 9-11? Oh, I know. That's that's ridiculous. They're they're teaching kids everything but what they should be learning in school. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a minute anyway. It's 540 and time to check on traffic now with John Thomas. Live on 94.5 FM in Pinellas County, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And it's 543 on AM Tampa Bay. And by the way, if there's something you want to talk about, give us a call at 800-969-9352. Or you can text us at 82945. And the one I prefer now is going to be explained now by James. Yeah, so we've got our talkback feature. You can actually send us a voice message using the iHeartRadio app. So you download the free iHeartRadio app. Uh, stream News Radio WFLA. It sounds much better than our radio signal. No static whatsoever. And then you hit a little microphone on your phone screen, and you could send us a message up to 30 seconds. A 30-second message, yep. and we'll get it here, and we can play it on the air. And I usually check the uh, the inbox a, a couple times a, a morning, so I'm, I'm not always monitoring it, but every no. now and then we'll we'll check it out. That is good. By the way, in case you went to bed late last night, good thing you did because the Jays won game two. We won, well, we split with them. We won the first game four to two, and they won the second game seven to two. And they're now ahead of the uh, Rays, I think, by half game. But they play there tonight and tomorrow up in Toronto as well. And then finally on Friday, we're going to be home with the Rangers this weekend. Texas Rangers are going to be in town this weekend. So, um, again, the Rays are, well, they're ahead by a half game. Let's hope they can win at least one of the two remaining games. And the Buccaneers at New Orleans on Sunday. They haven't done well against New Orleans at all in well, let's recent hope it years. changes this year. 
Yeah, let's hope so. It's funny that uh, Jameis Winston, former Buck, is going to be quarterbacking him. I hope you really destroy this team because of what Jameis did to the Bucks. You know, when when he was playing for us, yeah. horrible player, <laughs> horrible. Well, we'll uh, see. If we get the Packers here at four p.m. Uh, in week three, not this coming weekend, but the weekend after that, right. we're finally going to have a home game, and that's a good thing. By the way, we were talking about um, the. Um, kids not knowing things today and and again it's surprising that they are not making knowing about 9-11 a mandatory component of the k-12 through curriculum which is crazy because that's a part of u.s american history now a big part of our oh, history yeah. governor DeSantis addressed about 2,000 people on sunday at a 9-11 memorial service here and he pushed the importance of teaching 9-11 in classrooms across Florida and across the country. He went on to say, I think we need to make sure that our students in schools are being taught about what 9-11 meant, how many people responded to that. I think it's an important part of being an American citizen. Um, but they say Tampa, although it's not part of the Florida school curriculum, Tampa Bay area, School districts have their own ways of doing it, and it's kind of an interesting thing here, too. Since 2007, Nelson Elementary School in Hillsborough County has hosted a Ribbons to Remember, where first responders and men and women in the armed forces join the students for a ceremony on campus each year on 9-11. And the Franklin Boys Prep has an annual 9-11 ceremony where Students place a piece of construction paper for every victim on the school's front lawn. And each one has information about the person who died. That's incredible. Over 3,000 died. And uh, when they're all put together on the front lawn, they make an American flag with that construction paper. And schools in Pinellas County have also come up with ways, even though it's not required but um, middle schoolers have history products, uh, projects where they ask their parents about 9-11 and then present those conversations to the class. And Pinellas High Schoolers study newspaper articles about it. And the district also said teachers in the upper grade levels have the flexibility to elaborate on what happened. So although it is not required... Well, they say only 14 states have it as a mandatory component of K-12 through curriculums. Here's and the thing. If they quit teaching about 9-11, Jack, all the people who went to save lives, the heroes that went into that building, would, would have died for nothing. Yeah. And it's, it is just unbelievable. And we talked yesterday about the most incredible thing that's happening now that they are, well, they they are not executing these guys that committed that. Right. That caused over 3,000 deaths. They are still alive and here. Um, I mean, it's just incredible that nothing has been done to these guys. And if anybody ever should have gotten a death penalty, they should have. 
We had a couple of text messages yesterday when we were talking about that, Jack. There's a lot of listeners that were surprised that they aren't dead already. Oh, I know. Most people think they are. Right. And I just finally saw that story. The mastermind could escape the death penalty with a plea deal. And apparently he is doing that. We're talking about Khalid Sheikh Mohammed. What could he possibly give to us to let us let him slide? I have no idea why he wasn't. And even if they would execute him, they would make sure there's no pain involved. Of course. That's the way they execute people who've killed other people. Why can't we and, put him on the ground and just crash a plane into him? Well, or throw him out of a plane. Right. Yeah, that is incredible that this guy is making plea deals and escaping the death penalty. And whoever is allowing that should be in jail. Definitely. Well, anyway, it's 5.50 on AM Tampa Bay. Time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. The latest headlines, weather, and traffic every weekday morning. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. It's 5.54 on AM Tampa Bay. And if you want to join our conversation, give us a call at 800-969-9352. We got Rory. That's good. Rory O'Neill joins us now. And this report is brought to you by Fitzgerald Automotive. And Rory, what's happening this morning? I understand uh, holiday airfares could be the most expensive in five years. And I guess the earlier you book, the better off you are. Well, right. Good morning, Jack. Uh, no surprise. Something else that's more expensive, right? <laughs> the, oh, people yeah. over at, <laughs> the people over at Hopper say there's a big jump in holiday airfares, both for Christmas and for Thanksgiving. First, for uh, Thanksgiving travel domestically, you're talking about $350 per ticket. That's up 43% from last year. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, and still 22% higher than pre-pandemic. Uh, you know, if anyone traveled this summer, they know the airports are a bit crazy. Uh, that's going to continue. The airlines have cut back their schedules, which means fewer seats in the air, which means the prices are going to go up. Uh, so 350 for Thanksgiving, 463 for Christmas time. Uh, you know, they're saying, look, try to book in flights on Mondays and Tuesdays rather than try fly Friday, Saturday. Wednesday is great. If you could fly on that holiday, great. Uh, and especially for Christmas, be flexible about your destination. You know, Thanksgiving, maybe you have to go to Grandma's house in a certain city, but uh, if you're just trying to get away for Christmas, shop around a little bit, and maybe discover someplace new. I know you like to travel, Jack. Oh, yeah, definitely so, and I think Joy's already got our plans and probably already got our tickets and reservations for wherever we're going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they say prices would have peaked in August. Now, they, each year they come tend to come down a bit in September, but uh, Hopper recommends make sure you're all locked in and booked by October 10th. They say after that date, uh, things are going to start getting much more expensive quickly. Mm. Well, I'll have to, when I get home today, and find out where, find out where you're going. <laughs> yeah, where we're going <laughs> for our Christmas traveling. And we're going to be doing a little air travel between now and then. Let's see. we got to head up to West Virginia here at some point, but uh, I'm sure. Hopefully catch the foliage. Hopefully seeing the foliage up there. <laughs> oh, yeah. The changing of the colors of the leaves. 
Mm -hmm. It's a big, big deal in the fall up there for sure. Well, Rory, we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Jack. Talk to you then. And um, this report brought to you by Fitzgerald Automotive. And at Fitzgerald, it all begins with a low price in writing posted on the window of every car. Transparency and trust, that's the Fitz way. And it's 557 on AM Tampa Bay. Security. From Odessa to Clearwater, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris, where Tampa Bay begins their morning. And a good Wednesday morning to you. It's AM Tampa Bay, an observation of information with Jack Harris and James Berlander this morning, the Jack and James Show. And if you want to be a part of it, give us a call at 800-969-9352 or you can text us at 82945. Just begin your text with the call letters WFLA. We want to hear those. First of all, we got some birthdays to celebrate on this September 14th. Woohoo! Happy birthday! Yeah, Jim Hooper, who was a sports writer for the Tribune and later the Times. And I think he's been on uh, Channel 8 and maybe another channel, but. Jim Hooper having a birthday. Vince DeNitto, Chuck Whitaker, Greg Farley, Arlana Vincent Guckenberger, and our own Andrew Duncan. Yes, yes, Andrew Duncan. I record with him every uh, every week. Yeah, the real estate king. The Duncan duo. Yep. Have you got any... Um, birthdays i've also got andrew duncan as well as dana mckay and also uh sarah grace dana mckay that's a well-known name mckay yep yep yeah she actually used to uh be on the radio here in tampa yeah well, that's i guess that's why i recognize yep. that name and we've got some jokes here i hope you've got some i am uh, gonna find some real quick okay because i got one from tony zapponi Used to be a part of the morning show many, many years ago. Uh, did you hear about the butcher who backed into his meat grinder? Oh, boy. He got a little behind in his orders. <laughs> I like that one, Tony. Not bad at all. <laughs> well, I'll strike that one out. Let's see. Well, these aren't jokes, but they're interesting thoughts. Um why do they sterilize the needle for lethal injections? Hmm. I don't and, know why. And that's a good question. You know that indestructible black box that's used on airplanes? You've heard about that, haven't you? The indestructible black box. Yeah. You've heard about it. Why don't they make the whole plane out of that stuff? They should, and cars too. Yeah. And why don't sheep shrink when it rains um hmm. and why are they called apartments when they're all stuck together and if flying is so safe why do they call the airport the terminal like the end <laughs> <laughs> and my favorite here if con is the opposite of pro is congress the opposite of progress sounds about right and that's very true 
I've got one for you. What do sprinters eat before a race? Sprinters, what do they eat before a race? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I'm not sure. What would that be? Nothing. They fast. <laughs> By the way, i got to thank Wayne Greenberg for those ones that I offered there. So we got <laughs> Tony Zaponi and Wayne Greenberg responsible for this. Thank you, Tony and Wayne. Have you got another one? Uh, let's see. Um, air used to be free at the gas station. Now it's a dollar fifty. You know why? Why? Inflation. <laughs> Which is also a legit thing too. No, sadly. Yeah. Well, with that, we will <laughs> we will not do it again. It's six ten on AM Tampa Bay. By the way, you want to be sure and be listening here in the next half hour when we're going to have Daniel James Scott on because. Big things are happening here with this cryptocurrency, a company coming here. And it'll be the second location in the country. And we'll have Daniel try to explain what this is all about. It's 611, time to check in with John Thomas and traffic. Now, taking a look back at this day in history on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And this day in history is presented by the Duncan Duo. This day in history for September 14, 1741, George Frederick Handel completed his oratorio, Messiah. 1752, the British Empire adopted the Gregorian calendar, skipping 11 days. The previous day was September 2nd. Uh, 1763, Seneca Warriors defeated British forces at the Battle of Devil's Hole during Pontiac's War. In 1782, the Revolutionary War, the review of the French troops under General Rochambeau by General George Washington at Verplanck's Point, New York. 1814, the Battle of Baltimore, the poem... Defense of Fort McHenry is written by Francis Scott Key, and of course that later became the Star-Spangled Banner, which we told you about yesterday. 1862, in the Civil War, the Battle of South Mountain, part of the Maryland Campaign, is fought. 1901, President William McKinley dies after being mortally wounded on September 6th by anarchist Leon Zogolos, and he is succeeded by Vice President Theodore Roosevelt. 1954, in a top-secret nuclear test, a Soviet Tu-4 bomber drops a 40-kiloton atomic weapon just north of a village in the Soviet Union. 1958, the first two German post-war rockets designed by the German engineer Ernst Mohr, reached the upper atmosphere. 1960, the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, known as OPEC, is founded. 1975, the first American saint, Elizabeth Ann Seton, is canonized by Pope Paul VI. 1984, Joe Kittinger, became the first person to fly a gas balloon alone across the Atlantic Ocean. 1989, the standard gravure shooting 
where Joseph T. Westbecker, a 47-year-old press man, killed eight people and injured 12 at his former workplace, Standard Gravure, before committing suicide. And I think you've got some sound on this. In 1994, the Major League Baseball season is canceled because of a strike. We just can't continue to do business as usual. The condition of our economic society as well as the game itself has changed dramatically. And this is about two sides trying to make adjustments to that. And that strike stopped it in 94. Crazy. 1998, telecommunications companies MCI Communications and WorldCom completed their $37 billion merger to form MCI WorldCom. In 2000, Microsoft released Windows Me. In 2001, Historic National Prayer Service held at the Washington National Cathedral for victims of September 11th attacks, and a similar service was held in Canada on Parliament Hill, the largest vigil ever held in the nation's capital. To the children and parents and spouses and families and friends of the lost, we offer the deepest sympathy of the nation. And I assure you, you are not alone. And finally, in 1914, the inaugural run of the Gulf Coast Railroad from Tampa to St. Petersburg. When I came here, they had the railroad that ran every day from Tampa to St. Pete, and I got to drive it one time. Oh, wow. Uh, because I like to take it. I'm just a train freak anyway. It went through a golf course in yeah. Clearwater that I don't think is there any longer, but... It's all houses and everything, but uh, it went to downtown St. Pete and then, uh, well, went back and then it went toward the interior of the state and to South Florida. But I remember riding at one time just from Tampa to St. Pete, and then when it was ready to go back, I rode it back, and shortly after we took off, I guess the guys had heard me talking about being a train freak, I was invited to the engine and was able to drive it. You were the conductor. Yeah, I was the engineer. <laughs> and uh, at that time, the tracks went down Bush Boulevard, and then I'm not sure where, at some point, 40th Street or somewhere, they turned south and then went down to where the tracks are now and where the Union Station is. But after we turned off Bush, they said, okay, you better get back there now. We don't want any of our bosses seeing you up here driving a train. But that's our story for the day. Not bad. Today in History. And by the way, Today in History, presented by the Duncan Duo, gets your career booming by being a part of the number one real estate team in Florida. Visit now by joining the duo.com. It's 621 on AM Tampa Bay and Time to check in on traffic now with John Thomas. Equal housing. Live on 99.1 FM in Pasco County. This is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. And at 625, we're joined now by Aaron Real, our NBC News radio reporter. And Aaron, we have learned here that Wall Street 
took another major hit yesterday after the uh, new inflation numbers were released. And you got to wonder if we're going to get back to the way things used to be any time in the near future. Hi, Jack. Yes, that's right. So the S&P 500, which had been trading much higher in the hours before the data was released yesterday morning. This is the consumer price data that basically showed that inflation is not as rosy as everyone anticipated. So the S&P then slumped 4.3% by the end of the day. It's the biggest drop since the depths of the coronavirus pandemic in June 2020. It's a big deal. And basically what happened is the consumer prices in the U.S., they rose to 8.3% the year through August. This is according to the CPI report on Tuesday, and that is 0.3% more than people were anticipating. So, you know, basically investors got it wrong. Once again, they were caught off guard by this persistent inflation in the U.S., and they quickly shifted their view on what the Fed is going to do to combat the prices. The Fed, which Jerome Powell has said specifically time and time again, he's going to continue to raise rates until they get inflation around 2%, which is their target. And if we're currently cruising at 8.3, rates are going up, that's for sure. And what are those increasing rates going to mean to the average consumer? What it means is the cost of borrowing money is more expensive. So inflation erodes spending power. That means everything that you want is more expensive, your food, your gas. But interest rates, they, they make the things like credit cards, auto loans, personal loans, mortgages, everything goes up. And they do that to pull some of the money out of the system basically reduce the the amount of money out there and reduce the inflation. So anytime you're going to borrow money, things are going to get more expensive. Mm, That's going to be tough on the average consumer who needs to borrow money for whatever it might be. Um, We've got the Federal Reserve Board is going to be meeting next week. What do you expect the impact to be from that? I think we can safely assume rates are going to go up. Um, currently, we're looking at rates. Right now, they're they're floating around six uh, percent. So th- that this is a big deal. If you look at the Fed's funds rate, that's a two and a quarter percent, and th- they want to reduce inflation. This is a mandate. They're trying to get it back down to two percent. So I think that we can. It, it's widely expected that the Fed will implement another rate hike of 075 percent when when they meet next week. Beyond that, more rate hikes are likely, and the rate of inflation it, it's it's. It's not going to stop until it, they're not going to stop raising rates until inflation is is under control. I guess that's the case. But anyway, Aaron, we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, Jack. Our NBC News Radio reporter Aaron Real here on AM Tampa Bay. Daniel James Scott be coming up in the next half hour, and I want to talk to him about this cryptocurrency company. Coinflip is the name of it that's uh, opening in Tampa, and uh, Mayor Castor was part of the ribbon-cutting yesterday, and this is a big, big deal, apparently. And I think Daniel can tell us what it means for the cryptocurrency. It's 628 on AM Tampa Bay. From the BioCell Neuropathy Pain Relief News Desk, this is News Radio WFLA, onlinenews.com. It's 6.30. Good morning, I'm Chris Trankman. The final procession for Queen Elizabeth. That story coming up. First, let's get a check of the roads. Here's John Thomas. Overhead doors. 
Let's hear about the dopiest dope of all the dope, dopes dope, dope. of the day. On AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. And James Berlander Hello. has got our dope of the day today. And who might that be? I do. And I'll keep it quick because I know you have your own dope of the day as well. Oh, yeah. A man was arrested uh, for... Uh, some crazy stuff here. So a 38-year-old man is set to appear in court after police spotted him holding eggs as the Queen's coffin was set to arrive near uh, Duthie Park in Aberdeen. So he was charged with a breach of the peace on Sunday. Now, the man reportedly didn't actually throw the eggs, but the police are cracking down on protesters, including confiscating protest signs and arresting others for breach of the peace. So I guess when the when the coffin is passing by, you just you've got to stand still. You've got to honor the queen. Oh yeah. And if you're doing anything but, you get arrested. Mm. Which I didn't know that. So that's that's something new I've learned. Yeah. But he'd be the dope of the day just for holding eggs. And thankfully he didn't throw them because you know oh, it'd be he'd like really off been with in his trouble head. then. Off with your head. Yeah. Who's your dope of the day, Jack? I got a dope of the day, and it is our vice president, Kamala oh. Harris. And she was this weekend on, um, I think she was on Meet the Press, and she said the U.S.-Mexico border is secure, <laughs> but our immigration system is broken. And... And she went on to say several times how the the border is secure, and uh, they blamed it on the last four years before they came in, and the broken immigration system needs to be fixed. Do you and, hear this, Jack? Do you hear this song? That's them crossing the border. Yeah, that's them crossing the border right now. <laughs> Well, Todd pointed out that they they uh, they're going to have two million people cross the border for the first time ever, and he went on and said, "And you're confident the border is secure?" And she said, "We have a secure border in that it's a priority for any a nation nation." And it says they're trying to fix the deterioration that happened over the last four years, and. She said, we we're trying to plan a pathway for citizenship for the millions of people that are here. Those are illegals who are here, and there's already a path to citizenship. It takes a little while. A few years ago, I emceed the, the uh, citizenship um, for about 250 people. These people had worked for weeks, even months, to become citizens. And they did it the right way. Yes, they learned the language, they went through tests, they did all sorts of things, and they earned their citizenship. These illegals are coming across there. There's fentanyl crossing the border. The government has found they've stopped several, well, many, who are on their terrorist list. So you wonder how many terrorists have gotten across there without being stopped. And our boneheaded vice president says the border is secure. Don't worry about it. Man. Well, that's enough for our dopes of the day. Yeah, yeah. It's 642, and, um, well, Daniel James Scott will be with us here next, and we're going to learn about this cryptocurrency place. 
coming to Tampa. Excited for that. Yeah, this is a big deal for Tampa. And right now, John Thomas in traffic. Computer got you all kamboozled? It's the techno babble you just don't have time to understand. It's time for Technically Speaking with Daniel James Scott on AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris. Well, a good thing that Daniel is with us today because yesterday we had this story about CoinFlip, a uh, fintech company powered by, I'm reading this, powered by cryptocurrency. They announced their second place that they're going to actually locate after Chicago is right here in Tampa. And, and the mayor, Mayor Castor, was there for the ribbon-cutting ceremony yesterday. But I'm wanting to know, what does this company do? I know they're going to hire about 40 people, they say, from Tampa. But what does the company do? Yes, uh, good morning. And so there's this this axiom in tech that when tech starts looking like things that already exist, it's going to go mainstream. And so that's what this company does. It allows you to buy Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies via ATMs. And you're thinking, well, that's that's how I get my my dollar bills. Cash. Yes, 100%. That's really the point is if I can if I can uh, access this type of currency in the same ways that I was accessing traditional dollars, then hopefully it becomes mainstream. And so the idea that this company is rolling out across the country, which I I think I saw they have 3000 ATMs is going to start making it look like it's commonplace. It's just a thing that we do, which is which buy Bitcoin. And the idea that they're going to put a financial center here and educate people about buying and investing in Bitcoin and then being able to to actually build some product here. I think that's just nothing but a win for Tampa Bay. And oh, yeah. uh, we measure that in jobs, which I think is fantastic. And these aren't you know, jobs of, uh, we need somebody to go, uh, serve hamburgers or sweep the floors. And there's nothing wrong with those particular positions. But what we're looking for are these higher paying positions. And these tech positions do tend to pay, uh, significantly higher. And that helps everyone here. So it's not just 40 jobs. It's 40 jobs that are going to start bringing, you know, families here and, and folks that can spend money, uh, above the minimum wage, which is great. If you go to an ATM, I know you can get cash out of there what would it be like what do you pull out of there if you're getting bitcoin what comes out <laughs> my guess is you would not get anything physical back uh, but it's the experience right it's this idea of i can go to a place and actually have an exchange of value that feels a little bit like something i would do to get a dollar bill but you don't always get something out of the atm honestly i don't yeah, maybe like a receipt or something like that. Yeah, receipt possibly. But I don't, I don't ever get cash out of the ATM. It's always an exchange, right? It's like I, I get a check and I gotta well, put it somewhere, yeah. and so nothing really happens. I don't walk away from the machine with anything at this point. But the, the idea that they'll have a financial center where you can go talk to an individual about an investment philosophy that might include Bitcoin, I think that's that's a huge positive for the area. And the idea that it's downtown in Sparkman Wharf in a new area of town. Tampa, where we're developing and we're developing quickly and we're going to have a lot of young people theoretically i think that's that's just nothing but wonderful it's it shows that we're kind of on the cutting edge if you go to Publix today and buy a bunch of stuff and go up to check out can you use bitcoin 
I don't think Publix accepts Bitcoin yet, but there are stores that that do accept it. Um, and th- there's there's it's it's not everywhere. But I was telling James, he's like, I don't know if I've seen one of these machines, and he started looking at the map of like, and, and there's a ton, lots of vape Tampa shops, Bay. vape vape shops, and gas stations. Also, by the way, I know AMC Theater accepts some type of crypto. There you go, which is mm. interesting. I was telling him we we take the kids to McDonald's. There's a there's a Bitcoin machine there. Oh, there is. <laughs> it's, it's so crazy. Wow. Uh, and I was thinking about it. It's like I, I guess when you're you're vaping, you have a little more free time to kind of invest in in checking out the ATM. But <laughs> I was I was always kind of wondering like who's getting a hamburger and then and then checking out some Bitcoin. <laughs> but it must happen, right? Otherwise, they wouldn't have the machine. I guess it does, and I'm guessing that because it's a safer type of money so to speak or it's whatever than having secure, cash yeah. that uh ultimately bitcoin is going to replace currency uh, bitcoin's a pretty stable asset at this point um i i don't know if it'll replace currency i think that's a that's a government call right and i we're hearing a lot of discussion about should there be a government cryptocurrency what are the benefits to doing that of course also on the flip side we're hearing an awful lot of stories about fraud and and accounts getting hacked, and that may not necessarily be on the on the blockchain side. That could be at the you know where I'm holding my Bitcoin could could get attacked, uh, but that could happen with a bank too. So it it really just comes down to building infrastructure around it and ensuring it and making sure that it's as safe as possible for people. Wow, that that is something. I well, I hope I live long enough to get Bitcoin. <laughs> you could buy it today, Jack. Well, well, I'll have to have Joy handle it. <laughs> I, I would just say, I think that the, the the cap on this story here is how fantastic our economic development agencies uh, are approaching this and how well they're doing in terms of recruiting. And I'm uh, looking at uh, new innovative companies coming down to downtown St. Pete, coming into downtown Tampa. And uh, I mean, that is really a testament to just how visible we are to the rest of the country and how great our talent is here. Yeah, this one especially. You're right. I mean, this is incredible. And can't wait for it to open. (laughs) Yeah, me too. And for joy to start using Bitcoin. And I think that is a commitment from Jack to buy some Bitcoin at an ATM. I'm going to have to do it. <laughs> All right. Well, Spend thank like you, Daniel James Scott. And what's your website here? I don't have it written. I love hearing from folks at Spark Catalyst on Twitter. Or I know James uh, is is selling the 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 voice memo on the app. I I love that thing. And and whenever there's a message, James plays it for me in the back. So yeah. I I love hearing that. It's it's a direct way to spot to speak to James, and then James um, shares it with the rest of us. So yep. That thing is neat on the uh, on the iHeartRadio app. iHeartRadio app. Tap the microphone and record a message for us. Yep, we want to hear from you and look forward to hearing from you again next week. Thank you so much, Daniel James Scott, our tech expert here on at Spark Catalyst at Spark Catalyst. I get that right on Twitter. (laughs) There we go. It's six fifty-two on AM Tampa Bay, and time to check with John Thomas and traffic. Live from the WFLA studios, this is AM Tampa Bay with Jack Harris on News Radio WFLA. Well, it's going to be a while before we're back to abnormal here on AM Tampa Bay because Katie will be back tomorrow. Yes, she will. But I'll be gone. <laughs> 
But I think we go back to abnormal on Friday when everybody's here, right? Yes, sir. Well, that's a good thing. By the way, before we go, I got what's happening. AAA gas prices in the Bay Area. Current average is three thirty-eight and a half. Um, I think it was three thirty-nine on uh, Gandy on the way here this morning, but that's down a penny from the day before, down nine and a half cents from a week ago, and it's down twenty-one cents from a month ago. So the gas prices are dropping. Got a ways to go though because it's still forty-four cents more than it was a year ago. And it's down a dollar fifty-two from the highest price ever when it was four ninety back on June thirteenth. So gas prices are going down. That's the good news. And we'll see you tomorrow morning at five on AM Tampa Bay. Yep, yep. Live it up.